Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Friday, February 4th, and this is People Every Day. Happy Friday to all. It's me, your host, Janine Rubenstein. Making it through this week felt like an Olympic feat, but it's Friday again. And if you are not excited for the weekend and everything that's going on, then I can't help you. (laughs) The Olympic opening ceremonies are must watch and I cannot wait. And yes, I know they already happened, but they're airing again tonight with some enhanced content. But no more spoilers before you cozy up on the couch with some hot chocolate rocking your country's colors. We have a pack show to inform and delight about all things Olympics. And I'm just so excited to get to it. Here we go. First, the news. There has been so much talk about the struggles athletes are dealing with when it comes to COVID protocols, how events will be handled, and if the games will look different. A lot of notable correspondents aren't even attending. There's also political controversies casting a shadow on the games in Beijing, with many raising concerns over China's reported human rights violations, as well as Vladimir Putin's presence amid Russia's tensions with Ukraine. But on a lighter note, there's one crazy thing fans are finding fascinating fake snow. (laughs) That is right. This is the first Winter Olympics held in a destination where it does not snow regularly, and it will all need to be made. There is so much to wrap my head around here. So to start us off with a 2022 Olympics 101 lesson today is People's Senior News and Sports Editor, Lindsay Kimball. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. I can't believe we're doing this again. It's another Olympics. (laughs) I know. It happened. Our loyal listeners will remember that last year, you got to go to Tokyo for the Olympics. And this year, things will obviously be a little different and you'll be covering the games from home. So what are you most looking forward to seeing this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a little sad to not be in Beijing, but there's so much to tune in for and watch. And we're still going to have amazing access to great athletes. I personally am obsessed with the figure skating, which kicked off with the team event last night, our time. So early Friday morning in Beijing, Nathan Chen, after kind of a disappointing performance in 2018, showed us really what he's made of. Showed up and showed out. Oh, my gosh. He landed (laughs) two quadruple jumps. Nathan Chen refused uses to be haunted by the past. I'm not sure he could have skated this short program better. What a way to start off his Olympics. He finished with his highest score ever and helped Team USA finish first so far, giving us an early lead in this team's competition, which will continue over the next few days. We haven't won an individual medal in figure skating in some time, I think, since 2010. So very excited to see the potential in Nathan. Nice, nice. Well, let's talk about some folks that won't be there. People had a chance to catch up with Hoda Kotb and Savannah Guthrie. And like you, they will also be covering the games from home. So let's take a listen to what they said. I was actually supposed to go for the opening ceremony, and that's the reason I can't be there for the opening ceremony is because I just had COVID way too close in time. And, you know, there's a 
there's a not insignificant risk that you pop a positive test while there. And if you do, that triggers all kinds of protocols that are understandable. But um, mm-hmm. so it just didn't make sense for us. But so we'll do, I'll do the opening ceremony from Stanford, Connecticut, which is where NBC Sports has, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of employees who are covering the games. And Mike Tirico will be in Beijing. So mm-hmm. hopefully it will be seamless. In a bunch of ways, the games are going to look a bit different this year. What can we expect to see in that regard? A lot of this is going to be the same, similar protocols to what there were in Tokyo. There's going to be no spectators aside from a few local fans. That means athletes are not taking their families with them, save for a few exceptions for like breastfeeding mothers, et cetera, et cetera. They're staying in a closed loop system, which means they're only taking games designated transportation. They're only going to Olympic venues or their Olympic hotel or the Olympic village. Daily testing, which is kind of an increase since Tokyo. I know at least for the press, we had to be tested every few days. So now everyone is tested every day. And then there's really stringent measures for those who do test positive. They need to test negative twice, 24 hours apart after a positive test, and they have to isolate. So we are already seeing some athletes that are there testing positive upon arrival and being forced into this isolation. And, you know, their ability to compete is in jeopardy. This is going to be even more of a factor than it was last summer. So I we can expect to see a lot of these athletes get so close to their dreams and because of this virus not oh, being able to compete. That just breaks my heart. I, know. I, I am I am wishing health on everyone. Well, an athlete that fans cannot wait to see at the Games again is Sean White. He also got to speak with people ahead of the Olympics saying this may be his last one. Take a listen. Every time the Olympics rolls around, it's just kind of like a personal checking with myself of like, well, how am I doing? Am I, am I feeling it? Do I want to do this again? Can I do this again? And, um, and yeah, and then I just start taking those steps. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think that this games could probably, will probably be uh, my last. Oh, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing the flying tomato tearing it up once more, even if this is the last time. But aside from Sean, who else will be competing for Team USA that's a standout? Michaela Schifrin, who is an alpine skier. She's previously won two gold medals, so she's aiming for a few more. She's expected to do really well in, I believe, the five events that she is uh, scheduled to compete in. We have Chloe Kim. She's a snowboarder. She was only a teenager in 2018. I think she was 17 years old. This is her first games as an adult now, coming into her own. She won a gold at that games. We're hoping for a repeat. We have talked to her frequently, and she says, you know, that's not the goal. She just wants to get out there and do her best and feel great about herself. We also have John Schuster, who is uh, on the curling team. He was actually one of the flag bearers for Team USA in the opening ceremony. This is also, like Sean, his fifth games, which is just so impressive when you think about it. Um, Wow. And men's curling is kind of one of those events that continues over a few weeks. They do like a round robin before they get into the elimination tournament. So we're going to get to watch curling for almost the entirety of the games. I love it. Do you got a little watch party going on over there, Lindsay? <laughs> I have all my Olympic gear on that I bought to wear in Beijing. My husband was giving me crazy eyes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're in it. We're in it We're to there. win it. Yes. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much. You've got me so excited for the Olympics all over again. Awesome. Thank you. 
guys, if you haven't heard already, then I am sad to bring you this Olympic news. Beloved Tongan athlete and shirtless Olympic icon, Pita Tafatafua, will be skipping this year's Olympics. Pita rose to fame in the last three Olympics as the flag bearer for the island nation of Tonga, and many say he should have earned a gold medal for best oiled-up physique. <laughs> we caught up with him in a video call from the other side of the world to discuss the humanitarian efforts that are keeping him from this year's games. Plus, hear from former Olympian and analyst Bree Schaff on what's new in the games this year and some events you should be most excited for. Stay tuned. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Tafatafua has become a familiar face at the Olympic Games over the last few years as the gorgeous flag bearer gone viral for the Pacific Island nation of Tonga. Pita has competed in both taekwondo and cross-country skiing in three back-to-back Olympic Games, Rio in 2016, 2018 in Pyeongchang, where he became the first Tongan athlete to compete in the Winter Games, and then the rescheduled 2020 Tokyo Olympics. But the UNICEF ambassador will not be attending this year's Games we found out in an Instagram post this week. He has a much more important challenge he is focused on at the moment, and he is here to tell us about that and more. Peter, welcome. Thank you for having me. What is something, one thing, I guess, that you'll miss about the Olympics? There's something very special about the Olympic, the Olympic spirit and just being in the atmosphere of all of the athletes, the best from all around the world. We all know the devastating natural disaster that has plagued Tonga over the last few weeks. At 5.10 p.m. local time on Saturday, January 15th, a volcano 400 miles off the main island shores erupted, sending just black smoke into the sky, rocks coming down like rain on people's homes, ash contaminating water sources, and of course, that tsunami that knocked out homes, communications, and most of the beautiful landscape of Tonga. So many people including yourself, were unable to connect with families. How, how did you handle that personally, and, and what are you doing about it now? Uh, initially, it was very difficult because my father is in Tonga, and, and when the volcano hit and the communications went quiet, I had no idea what was going on. All we had seen was just that initial damage, and then we couldn't see you know, what came afterwards. It turns out my 74-year-old father was in a first responder ship, out in the islands with the Navy trying to rescue people. Amazing. <laughs> this guy, right? I started a GoFundMe page to raise funds to help with the rebuild, to help people who are struggling. And we've fed thousands of people for the last two weeks. Oh, that's so important. Where were you when everything happened? I was uh, I was actually here in Australia, so I was in training camp. And, uh, and, and I was actually out fishing and I felt something was not quite right. And uh, I checked my telephone and I was getting messages from people. And I opened social media and it was just 
uh, you know, I saw the, the volcano erupted, the tsunami, and then I just said, guys, we got to head back. I, I, got, uh, I got work to do. You have raised over $750,000 towards efforts to restore infrastructure, especially schools and hospitals. Are there any projects that have, have already started taking shape and getting off the ground, getting some of that stuff back up and running? The initial part of the aid was to make sure that people have food in their stomach. You've got 170 islands throughout Tonga, communication still down within Tonga, and most of the boats were destroyed. So you have people who are stuck on these small islands. They can't get the people who are sick to hospital. They can't call for help because the communication is down and food is running out. Ash landed on all of the crops, killed a lot of the crops. It's uh, they've been told not to touch the uh, the reef fish, and they can't even go out on the boat to to travel. So one of our projects at the moment is trying to quickly source boats to help the people move from the small islands to the bigger ones to get food to yeah you know to meet these basic needs. Just within this crowdfunding and crowdsourcing, have any of your friends that you've made throughout the Olympics reached out? It's been everybody, all of the athletes. I had Yona from Chile. He reached out and said, my brother, how how can we help? I see all the devastation. A friend of mine, Julia, she's a ski jumper. She wants to auction off her bib to raise money for Tonga. And, and that's the athletes. But we've had people from all around the world. There's over 12,500 people who have donated to that single fundraiser. And I'm just blown away with the amount of support that people have been giving me. Um, it's an honor. You teased a possible return to the Olympic Games in Paris on your socials. So is this something we can look forward to, you know, seeing you waving the Tongan flag once again in your signature look? 100% God willing, I will be in Paris. Will I be waving the flag? That's a decision up to up to officials. But one way or another, whether I'm the flag bearer or I'm wearing a flag as I walk behind the flag bearer, it doesn't matter. I will be there in Paris waving a flag and we will be chasing down that gold medal. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I, I love hearing everything you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored that so many people have come together to help our little, uh, our little island. Now for the last event in our Olympic news games today, I am joined by Bree Schaff, who is NBC Olympics bobsled and skeleton analyst. Bree herself is an Olympian who represented Team USA in the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. This year, the games are debuting a brand new event called the Monobob. It's a one-person bobsled event and an all-female sport that is more accessible for a larger range of athletes. Bree, I'm so excited to talk about this new event and hear about your experience as an athlete at the Games. Thank you for making the time and your busy schedule. Yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. As an Olympian yourself, can you give us some insight into what the athletes are doing and feeling right about now? It's opening ceremony day, and there must be, you know, so many emotions. Honestly, this is a point that so many athletes, especially this year, weren't sure if they'd get to. So now more than ever, truly just getting there is a huge feat. And I've talked to a lot of athletes and a lot of them I competed with still that are still going. And they're, most of them have the most nerves right now about the testing is going on every day. So I know that once they got to opening ceremonies, they're really excited. It's something you've watched your whole life and it looks magical. And it fe- the feeling though is so overwhelming because you 
you've got all the athletes gathered in one spot. And what a lot of people don't know is you're actually staging for hours prior. So you're hanging out with all the athletes from Team USA and from all over the world in all these different holding pens as mm. they move you from stage to stage to stage. But it's just such a cool opportunity to, to get to know people and meet people. Like in 2010, everybody was trying to get a selfie with Sean White and we went a little <laughs> bit early. It was actually myself, Alana Myers-Taylor and my break when Emily chose to go early to meet then Vice President Joe Biden uh-huh. and Jill Biden because we were in this big line waiting to meet the Bidens and there was another big line of his Secret Service waiting to meet Sean White. <laughs> Well, well, take me into this monobob uh, because it's a brand new event at the Winter Olympics this year. And I I just want to see, can you explain where it came from and and what makes it such an incredible event? Not only is it another medal opportunity, like you said, it helps get more people into the sport, but also they have a really interesting center. The way the center of mass sits, if you crash one, they pop right back up. It's much less uh, scary for athletes as they learn to drive these monobobs. It's allowed a lot of the smaller nations too to come out. The sled are all the same. It's nearly an even playing field. Nice. And it's coming on right after the Super Bowl this year, right? So it's a, it's a big party for you guys. It is. And what I'm so excited about and something I've always been really proud of is women's bobsledders are some of the strongest, fastest athletes on the planet. And there's very few women's sports that necessitate such strength and speed at the same time. So we're going to watch the Super Bowl, which is all these big, strong, fast men. And then we're going to switch to a women's sport. And it's just so cool to see women get this strong because the sled also weighs about 360 pounds. So that, so know that as you're going in and that's why it's so important to be strong. I'm so excited to share this sport with the world and share how talented uh, these athletes are. Well, I, I can't let you leave without talking about an Olympic story that brings me so much joy when I think about it. This is the first time in 24 years the Jamaican bobsled team has made it back to the Winter Olympics. I would love to know your thoughts on the team and any predictions you may have for them in Beijing. When I think about them and just the movie and everything, it, it, it just makes me smile. Gosh, they're a great group of guys, and I actually coached them. I got to coach Brazil and Jamaica and Australia and all these nations that we're trying to help bring along in the sport. And Shan Wayne is a really talented driver. He's British Royal Air Force. And you can tell when you're coaching, like, who's got a feel? And he's got a great feel for it. And Nimroy, his brakeman, is hilarious. So it is going to be so much fun to see. I imagine there's going to be a bit of dancing. We've already seen that in their videos getting ready for opening ceremonies. And it's a talented crew, and they are so, so excited to have made it to these Olympics. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being on and taking us through all of this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right. Now, before you carve out your spot on the couch to watch these games, I have to share one last little story about Mr. John Schuster. Lindsay brought him up earlier in the show, but to remind you, back in 2018, he took home gold for the U.S. in curling my mother-in-law's favorite Olympic sport to watch. I'm not kidding. And Schuster is back this year for another medal. He was chosen to be one of the flag bearers for the United States during the opening ceremonies. And here's how he shared the news with his family. I have some news for you. What? Uh, 
I have been chosen to carry the flag for the United States of Olympics of America at the Olympics opening ceremonies. I love how emotional and excited they all were there. And then, get this, the next day at school, and this really warmed my heart, his son shared the news with his classmates, and they were all just as excited. Definitely something to make you smile. Listen to that. Today, this announcement is that my dad was picked to be the flag bearer of the United States. You see, this is what I love about the Olympics, you guys. It really does just bring everyone together. I'll be cheering on Schuster and the rest of Team USA. And honestly, everyone, all of these athletes are amazing. Good luck to them and to you. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back with you on Monday for more People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Madison Lesby, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, and the great team at Pod People, edited by Morgan Foose. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Eliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman.